This is Work Experience Podcast. My name's Braden French. Welcome to the show. Let's see what's in store this episode. G'day everyone. Welcome to Work Experience Podcast. It's a joy to be with you again as we approach the end of our 2018 season. We're going to cram as much as we can into the next few episodes before we take a little break over the summer, deal with a few legal issues, uh, find some sponsors for 2019, and we'll appear back in your podcast providers before you realize we were ever away. Now, I want to jump in. Those of you who've connected to our Facebook page, Work Experience Podcast on Facebook, will have seen that a trophy arrived at the recording studios this week. And I want to tell you the story of that trophy. And to do that, I've asked our audio engineers to play a snippet from an earlier chat we had with the president of the United Church Assembly, Dr. Deidre Palmer. Another question without notice, were you a bit disappointed that Big Mac's presidential hat wasn't passed over to you? In fact, it was sold as a fundraiser. Do you think that perhaps that could have become sort of an icon of the role? Well, it could have become an icon, but I'm delighted that it's gone towards fundraising for Frontier Services. So um, uh, I have to think about another hat that I would wear, Braden. Maybe a pink Apuka Cooper, do you think? I, w- look... Or are you, are you, you're, you're a cat. I'm no, we're going to crown crowdfund for a pink Akubra hat <laughs> starting today. That's a great idea. Uh, presidential pink Akubra. Uh, we'll present it to you at Nialk. Okay. Now, for the record, you can purchase pink Akubras. They're around $180, but they're quite striking. But friends, the journey since that interview, I came to realize that was I simply buying a pink Akubra because Deidre was a female? The answer was probably yes. And then I thought, that's probably not the message I want to be sending. So I moved away from the idea of a pink Akubra to just a normal Akubra. And then I realized, am I buying an Akubra because I s- somehow wish that Deidre was like Big Mac? And I thought, no, that's not the message I want to send either. So I abandoned the idea of an Akubra altogether, even though in that clip you can hear that Deidre actually suggested it and there was good banter, but in the end I decided that I didn't want to uh, send an unhelpful message or subliminally uh, insult Deidre or anyone um, in the process. So on a whim, I looked up a trophy company and I purchased Deidre a trophy. And the engraving actually says that it's made out to the best UCA president 2018 to 2021. Now, here's the catch, friends. Nobody other than the audience here, and I doubt Deidre listens, knows the journey, the mental journey I've been on. And so there's no backstory to explain the now trophy, which is quite large. It's nearly half a meter tall. And so if I was to present that trophy to Deidre in Adelaide in January, it will just or I'm convinced it will be completely bizarre. Anyway, we'll do it, and maybe we'll try and record her response and see where we get to. Maybe it will appear in the Palmer family mantelpiece. Maybe it will appear in the metals recycling. I'm not sure. I'll let you know. 
for those who did want to be part of the Pinka Kubra crowdfunding, I'm sorry to disappoint. This episode is provocatively called The Experts on Gen Z, and it flows out of several online conversations I've been having with people where information and generalizations have been presented based on an interpretation of data, of research, about today's teenagers. I struggle with some of these generalizations because it places all teenagers into one box based on one behavior or attribute or belief, and we know that that's wildly unhelpful. Yet such is the mystery and the potential we see in today's teenagers that we want to latch onto any piece of information, any sense of hope or opportunity, we absorb that and we tend to respond to that um, with energy, with the best of intentions. However, I think it's sometimes misguided. So today, the experts on Gen Z are not researchers, are not academics, but they're teenagers themselves. In a moment, I'm going to have a chat with Joel and Charlotte, and you're welcome to eavesdrop, as we use the characters from Disney's Inside Out to frame some questions that reveal a bit about what it's like to be a teenager today. And then later, after we check the library, we're going to play another game of Little Quit that I recorded while I was chatting to four teenagers from across Victoria. And the answers surprised me, and I'm sure they'll surprise you, and I know we all love Little Quit, so please make sure you hang around for that. But for now, let's have a chat with Joel and Charlotte. Today's episode is all about hearing the authentic voices of young people. So one of our guests today is an old mate of mine, Joel Robinson. Joel, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hey, everyone. Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my name's Joel. I'm part of North Rocks Community Church. Me, myself, I'm a drummer. I love playing music, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and how old are you? I'm 16. 16. Excellent. So you're an actual teenager. Yes. <laughs> Great. That's, that's important. That's important. You're not one of those guys that's on the internet pretending to be a teenager. You're an yeah, actual no, that, teenager. That would be bad. Yeah, excellent. All right. Now, uh, Joel, we're going to ask you these five questions inspired by the movie Inside Out. And we'll, hear, we'll see what's going on inside your head. Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell us a bit about who you are? Sure. My name is Charlotte. I'm 15 and I live in Aubrey-Wodonga. I'm from a family of five. So there's my mum, my dad, my older brother and my younger sister. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay, cool. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, you meet all our criteria for being a guest on this podcast. That is, you are young and know how to use a laptop. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, it's a low bar. Okay. Uh, I wonder, let's start with the easy one. What brings you joy? Well, definitely playing music or listening to music. It's always great to just listen to some music for me. What sort of music? Uh, I like a lot of um, jazz personally. Sometimes the orchestral music from musicals would be my favourites. Okay. Uh, in another episode, we debated what one of the, the best musicals of all time. What do you reckon? I'd probably have to go with uh, The Lion King, which is quite a new one, but it's still really very good. Okay, excellent. Little known movie and musical. Uh, people might not be aware, but I reckon they should check it out. All right. Charlotte, what brings you joy? I love writing. I think... 
you know, sometimes that can be a bit of a basic answer, but I really do enjoy writing and the power that words can have. And I think that's awesome. Like I love doing English in school. Um, so I'm doing English extension going into year 11 and 12 now. And yeah, I think that's just something that's really cool. And also, you know, I'm not the most extroverted person, but I love being around people and hearing different stories and how different people can impact your life. I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Excellent. Next one, Joel, what makes you sad? Uh, the saddest thing probably would be uh, not being with people. I, I like to socialise quite a lot, so not being around people makes me quite sad. Don't get to talk to anyone. Probably sometimes having to adapt to change and kind of figuring out what I'm doing. Like, you know, if someone's no longer in my life anymore, whether that, you know, however that happens, I think it can be hard and sad to adapt to that. That's something that I struggle with, but, you know, working through it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not talking like changes in like <laughs> a new subway menu. We're yeah. We're talking like relationships yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle with both. Oh. If I'm honest, I struggle with both. But that's okay. <laughs> it's not about me. What makes you angry, oh, My siblings, 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love them, but they can be the most frustrating people in the world. <laughs> you know, I'm a middle child yeah. and I think all middle children can agree that it's an incredibly frustrating role <laughs> to have in the family, you know, watching older people be able to do what you can't and younger people get away with things that you couldn't at that age can be a bit frustrating. But, yeah, Absolutely. I'm sure I'm not alone. Look, I, I myself, mm. I'm, I'm a middle child and I'm <laughs> married to a middle child. Yeah. And we, we're all victims. There's no middle no, child ever had a happy life. Yeah, um, I think definitely middle children can bond over that that eternal life struggle. Yeah. Joel, what about you? What makes you angry? Oh, what mostly gets me angry, well, besides my brother, of course, is uh when I don't win because I'm quite a competitive person. I like winning, so when I don't, that's a bit frustrating for me. What in particular are you trying to win? Uh, most of the time it's with uh, my soccer career when I'm doing soccer during the winter season. Yeah. I We haven't had a few good years, so hopefully next season will be a good one. So you're just angry all the time during winter? <laughs> well, I try to stay positive, but most of the time, yes. Uh, yes, I'm very angry. Okay. All right. What disgusts you? Oh, anchovies on pizza, 100%. I don't understand it it's little hairy fish on pizza it infests yeah. the whole thing i have a friend that you know um i don't mind olives on pizza i think i can deal with that but i have a friend whose favorite pizza is just sauce cheese anchovies and olives and no i'm almost dry reaching just thinking about it i think i may have to cut them yeah. from my life i'm interested how you'll interpret this one joel what disgusts you? What do you find disgusting? Well, that can be put different ways. So, uh, 
uh, I'd say for me, most disgusting thing, I don't really like onions. Like, it's, they have no purpose and, like, you can't really eat them unless you're, like, Tony Abbott or someone. You just, it's not a great taste, really. Okay, onions. Anything else? Any any issues disgust you? Any profound things going on in the world that disgust you? To be honest, and this is something we've actually been talking about in school recently, is um, we've been talking about how the Indigenous um, people in Australia, they've had quite a few disadvantages over the years, and now it's only, um, not even now actually, it's still not equal between us and them, and it's quite disturbing for me actually yeah okay great i mean the issue is not great but it's i mean it's great to hear schools talking about that stuff yeah uh and last one i think what are you afraid of mostly i'm afraid that i'll let people down it's a big one for me because when someone asks you to do something and you don't do it for them you kind of feel guilty as if you hadn't done enough wow okay but what if they ask you to eat their onions? Well, you see, that, that's, that's, those are different circumstances there. I, I just can't. They just. So there's a line. There's, there's there a is line a line for me. Line. There is a line. Charlotte, right. final question. What are you afraid of? <laughs> I think, I don't know how deep I should make this. Um, I think it, <laughs> don't worry no one's yeah listening. i think maybe like going I. back to the sadness thing i'm yeah like i said earlier i'm not the most extroverted person who just loves being around heaps of people all the time but i think yeah my deepest fear really is losing people that i love and whether that means like just the world coming to an end and i'm a lone survivor like in a dystopian future movie or, um, yeah. yeah, death or whatever. But, yeah, I think just the thought of being alone completely scares me. But, yeah, also I'm very indecisive, so probably being forced to, desi- to decide what movie we watch each night is one of the most terrifying things. There's so much I could say about that, but, <laughs> um, I, but we won't. Don't watch... Um, like I am legend because that might trigger. Oh yeah, all sorts of we looked at that sadness. last year in English. Yeah, I got triggered. What about we? I used to have to read <laughs> Shakespeare and stuff. What are you watching? Will oh, movies I don't know. English? It was about like lighting or something. We're doing Macbeth at the moment, so yeah, that's. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> no, I was keep your traditions. Excellent, Joel. That's been super helpful. Uh, you've you've helped us all. Uh, get an insight into uh, your story and who you are and maybe a bit more about what it is to be a 16-year-old dude in Australia today. So, Joel, thank you very much. No problem. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You've been an excellent guest. I have some exciting news, friends. Since that was recorded, Charlotte found the experience so captivating and enlivening that she has asked to come and do work experience with your host next week. Now, not many of you will have heard the first episode, and if you have, I apologize again for the audio quality, but let's play you a clip from our first episode 
exploring why this podcast exists and you'll understand why the idea of Charlotte coming to do work experience is quite exciting. Okay, I tell a lie. The main reason is that for 14 years I've been working with churches and uh, United Church organisations and never has someone asked to do work experience with me. You know, when you're in year 10, year 11 at school, what do you want to be when you leave? You go into a week's worth of work experience. No one's ever thought, I want to be a youth worker with the Uniting Church, so I'm going to go and spend a week with Braden. No, no one's ever thought that. So here I am sort of inviting all of you, regardless of age or access, to join me on work experience. So like the intro said, grab a cup of coffee, put your feet on the desk, and let's dive in. I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking it too. If this podcast came into being because I'd never had a work experience student and suddenly I do have a work experience student, what does that mean for the future of the podcast? What does it mean for the future of all podcasts? I'm not sure. If you have any advice or further questions, please write in. Use the email workexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you've got some advice or some prophetic word that you want to share with us. Also, don't forget that we're hoping to line up my boss, Nigel, to come on and we can ask him questions about the future of this podcast. But what it does mean is that next week, Charlotte will be coordinating the entire podcast And it means that it will be released later than our usual Wednesday release date. It'll be released at the end of the week. Charlotte will be pulling together all the elements of the podcast. And we want to give her time to do that um, throughout her time here with the Work Experience team. So next week's podcast will be released on the Friday, not on the Wednesday. We are cooking up one or two special episodes that may appear before then. I hope you can join us next week. It'll be really exciting um, to hear what Charlotte's put together. We've got time today to jump into the library. And I know that we haven't been to the library for a few weeks, partly because we've been on the road and we've had some extended interviews with friends and guests. And so it's great to return to the library. And we're only going to get here twice more before the end of the year. So today's book is a personal favorite. And it's actually incredibly meaningful to my family. This book's called The Elephant by Peter Carnarvis. And if you are familiar with Peter Carnarvis's children's picture books, it'll come to you as no surprise that his first novel is pretty extraordinary. It's called The Elephant, and it's the story of Olive, whose dad is experiencing depression. Olive, meanwhile, is experiencing the depressing lack of a bike. Hers is broken and sitting in the shed waiting for her father's attention. Her insightful friend Arthur provides a revelation that sort of sets the tone for the whole book. Do you know what I think? He held his half-eaten apple like a microphone. Your dad won't fix your bike until you fix your dad. And so Olive starts to plan a way to get rid of her dad's elephant. This poignant, perfect metaphor she conjures for the lumbering, heavy greyness that follows him through his days. But the elephant goes everywhere with her dad. It's not going to be easy to send this elephant away. Olive's dad is mourning the loss of her mother who passed away when Olive 
was tiny. But his sadness has morphed into something more complex than just grief, which obviously can be complex enough. He's living with a debilitating depression that is affecting his work and his ability to engage with his now school-aged daughter. Luckily, Olive also shares her life with a devoted grandfather who fills this parental void, making lunches, planning adventures, flying paper planes. Arthur also provides some wisdom and giggles. And Freddie, a devoted canine companion, is also by her side. At school, each student is sharing trinkets and memories, learning about old and wonderful things. And inspired by this and buoyed by family and friends, Olive devises a winning plan to make her dad smile and send this elephant away and out of sight. Now, for some young readers, that's probably as far as you need to go. It does have a charming happy ending and the optimistic Olive achieves her dreams. It could well be an introduction to kids around grief, loss or mental health and it's also simply a lovely story with beautiful illustrations. But the keen reader will also uncover so much more in this simple tale which rewards uh, even grown-ups as they journey through it. It's told through Ollie's eyes, hence the nefarious tentacular mess we adults understand as depression is rendered comprehensible to Olive by the use of this animal symbol. Carnavis is also skilled at adopting that child's perspective, showcasing the precious mix of devotion and narcissism that characterises early childhood. About the halfway mark, just when you think this book's travelling a predictable story arc, you get a couple of surprise twists. Now, I'm not going to give you spoilers, but I am going to thoroughly endorse this book. It spoke to my personal experiences of mental Ill, mental health struggles and a father trying to balance those and I've always been a fan of Peter's work and this short novel it's about 150 pages is something you can read as a family it's something young readers could pick up and journey with themselves uh, we'll put the information on the Facebook page but this is a favorite of mine and I hope that you too will find it uh, more than just a beautiful story with beautiful illustrations, but a revealing story about the experience of a parent's mental health struggles from a young child. The Elephant by Peter Carnavis. Get it as a Christmas present. Buy it today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the book. Today I'm joined by Henry, Kaylin, Abby and Micah as we play Lit or Quit. All right. Are we ready? Everyone yeah. was terrified. You with us, Henry? You good? Yep. Excellent. All right, ready. Fortnite the game, lit or quit? Quit. 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 Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, quit. Oh, okay. Facebook, lit or quit? Quit. 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 Oh, man, you guys are savage. Vegans, lit or quit? Lit. Lit. What do you reckon, boys? Vegans. Quit. All right. WWE, professional wrestling, lit or quit? Quit. 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 Abby is she's savage. She's on fire. Uh, Collingwood Football Club, lit or quit? Quit. Lit. Quit. Oh, okay. Because I like magpies. <laughs> okay. Um, Christmas carols at shopping centres, lit or quit? Lit. Lit. There's been some very surprising answers. Last one. 
McDonald's hotcakes, lit or quit? Quit. What? Anything about it, so quit. McDonald's hotcakes. Never heard of them. Okay, good. All right, so that's a quit. Pretty, pretty, pretty conclusive. Just when we thought all teenagers were playing Fortnite and obsessed with Facebook, lit or quit reveals the truth. And I guess that's what I'm trying to suggest here, friends, that let's not buy into the sense that the young people we're seeking to work with and minister alongside can be summarised in sound bites and infographics. But let's ask questions. Let's listen. Let's go the journey. Let's use that horrible phrase, do life, as we attempt to engage in this gospel story and explore what the good news is for today's teenagers. Next week, Charlotte's taking the reins. In our penultimate episode, I've got a good friend, uh, probably the preeminent theologian in the world, talking about youth ministry and young people. Andrew Root is going to join us. I'm so excited about that. And then the finale, big things planned. Special guests, uh, we'll go to the library, we'll play lit or quit. Um, We'll finish this year on a high. So friends, thanks for joining us today. I hope Uh, that you continue to learn and invest in the life of young people, that we might encourage our churches to be places where young people can experience the resurrected Christ. And we look forward to you joining us next week for Work Experience Podcast. Nan, you'll be glad to know I did not chew anything whilst recording this episode.